Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Jamie. Jamie Loreth is the author of The Pink Blanket, written under the pseudonym Jalen Addy, and the founder of The Pink Blanket Campaign. And Jamie is here to share her story with us. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. So I um, you you have a story behind the reason you wrote this book, the reason you started this campaign. Uh, could you share that story with us as much as you feel comfortable sharing? Okay. Um, so I've always wanted to be a writer. Um, I've it's just always been a passion since I was little. And as I was nearing 40 and my kids were, my youngest was going to be graduating soon. Um, I started contemplating my life and where I was going and what I was going to do once my kids were all grown up. Um, and I just, I was living in a really awful, unhealthy marriage and, I've always kind of had ideas come and go for stories and, and nothing really ever stuck around or anything long enough to put pen to paper with it or whatever. And I don't know, I, I also deliver mail. I'm a letter carrier on foot. And so I have a lot of thinking time. And uh, one day an idea just kind of popped into my head based around a woman who lives with an abusive husband and her, I guess, hopes to be able to leave him um, and, and stuff like that. And so I just kind of, you know, tucked it in my head and, and rather than fading out kind of more ideas for the story, just kept rolling in and rolling in. So, you know, I'd get home and make notes and stuff. And, and then I really started thinking like it, you know, can I do, could I even do this? Like, am I going to put all this time into it? And am I even capable of writing a book? Am I capable of publishing a book? Like, what does that entail? I, you know, I didn't ever go to school for that kind of thing. And I, you know, I just really didn't realize the, the realism of having something like that actually come to, to be. And so I started researching um, publishing and, and options and, you know, what my chances of being successful at this were and, and all of those kinds of things. And in the meantime, the story just kind of kept blooming in my head and blooming in my head. And, and I finally, one day, I just always say I had a talk with myself. (laughs) I just (laughs) said, like, are you going to look back on your life and have regrets? And that answer was yes. And I just thought, you know what, I, I, I've always wanted to do it and, and it's now or never. And so I kind of, yeah, I just started compiling notes and, you know, putting ideas and thoughts and, and all that kind of stuff together. And, and probably my researching, um, simply because I've never been to Italy or Chicago, which is the main, um, places in my book. 
Um, so there was a lot of researching on that. Um, being out of school for 20 years, um, my grammar was horrible. <laughs> you know, realize I didn't realize how bad I I had gotten. You know, from and I think with you know today's modern world and texting and it's so many shortcuts and that kind of stuff and and that and so there was a lot of researching. Probably two two years of you know researching everything from ideas in my book to because it was a, it's fiction it's 100% fiction it's based on something that's real and in a way I guess it was kind of an outlet for me um, I say maybe kind of therapy when I was writing the book because it, not that anything um, that the main character Taya goes through or what I went through fortunately my situation wasn't um, like what she went through but it still was enough that I had a lot of emotions and healing. And I, I feel like I filtered those through her because I really wanted, I wanted it to be authentic. I wanted if people read it to, to not, not look at it like complete entertainment and not that there isn't, you know, the above and beyond kind of extremes to keep it entertaining, you know, as a fiction book or whatever, to keep the reader intrigued. But I really wanted to be able to portray a lot of realistic emotions and feelings and situations that I believe and, and from not just myself, but women around me that I know um, that live in these situations, sadly, go through. And so, and, and not even just her, but I also kind of try to pull from the male character, um, the different ways that, that, abuse can be portrayed. And I, and I mean, I, I it can go both ways, men or women, whatever, but yeah. in this case, you know, it, it's the man and, and just very manipulative. And I mean, abuse isn't just, it's not always just physical. And so there's mental and verbal and, and there's a lot, and those can be very detrimental to a, a person as well. And that was kind of my other struggle in writing was confidence. I had none. I had no self-esteem. I had nothing. I lived with a man who told me I was useless. I would, I had nothing at however old I was. I, you know, whatever. And after so many years of being spoke to like that, you kind of start to believe that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I always believe myself to be a strong person, but when I really sat down and, and realized how much um, I had allowed him to get in my head and really bring me down, I basically did nothing. I had no life. I didn't leave. I didn't do anything. And so that was kind of something else that I went, well, you know what? I'm not doing anything anyways. So why don't I, you know, consider this or whatever. And, and so, you know, I just, I guess, yeah, it finally, I don't know how long after I finally sat down and, and, you know, started, putting all my notes and everything I collected and all that into some kind of a novel, <laughs> which at the end, you know, I'm, I'm proud of. I, it was something that when I finished, um, it, it wasn't just, I, I mean, it was a great, it was an incredible feeling to actually, to be able to hold the book in my hand and went right. like, wow, you know what, you did it. Um, actually putting it on display for, for, to tell people, I didn't tell anybody when I was writing this because 
I mean, it, it, it can be a, a harsh world and I wasn't prepared to, you know, face that criticism or negative comments or the people out there who are busy telling you, oh, you're crazy. What are you doing? Because I was already fighting that demon in my head. Half the, half the time while I was writing, it was like, oh, you're nuts. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you, like, are you, are you real? Like, is, are you serious? And lots of times I really had to quiet my own mind um, because there was times I, I just wanted to get up and walk away. I'm like, there's just, I can't, this is insane. So I just, I don't know. And I guess there was that driving force in the back of my head with, you know, at, cause at one time I had told my husband, I said to him, you know, I, I would love to be a writer. And he just pretty much laughed in my face. And that really hurt. And I just, so from that point on, I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm doing this. I'm doing this for me. And I'm not going to tell anybody about it because if at the end of it, I'm not happy with it, I don't have to hear about it from anybody. I don't have to answer to anybody. Um, I guess in a process, in a way, it was a process of, of building up my self-confidence again and, you know, just allowing myself that I, I, I am capable and I am able to do these things and you don't need to listen and believe people who don't believe in you. And so I just, you know, I, I kept going and, and when I was done, um, I, I, it took me about, uh, probably two or three months before I, I actually told anybody that I was doing this. And when I did, I, I picked a very, select few friends that I thought that I could, you know, trust, um, mm -hmm. just to share with it because I was starting to get excited. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> knowing how close it was coming, you know, that it was going to printing and stuff like that. It was, it was becoming real. And so I really, they were super supportive. And, and so when I finally, you know, got, got the book, they showed up on my doorstep that morning and I shed my tears and was like wow way to go high five yourself kind of and and so then I was excited and so I had I think there was maybe my my two kids and my sister and I told them and I showed them and my kids honestly were my biggest supporters and also probably the biggest drive because it was just like um I don't know I just wanted to show them that because they, they saw what I lived in every day. And that's still something that I have guilt over is, is what I put them through because they were, they were old enough to see it and understand it. And I mean, it wasn't their father that treated me that way, but the fact that I just didn't want them to, to think that I just was weak or I'm not sure what the word is, but I just, I was really unhappy with that. And so in doing this, I just really wanted to show them that no matter what you want you can do it. Like you, you know what you just, if you can believe in yourself enough, you can do it. And so they were really awesome. And I started, uh, one thing I did in my publishing process was I had asked, or like I had opted to have a Kirkus review done on my book um, simply because I, I, again, you know, I, my confidence, it was growing, but it wasn't a lot. And I, I didn't want to put, I'm from a small community. And so it can be very critical. Fortunately, I've had a lot of support, which is amazing. Um, but I just knew that sometimes there's people that, you know, aren't in your corner. And so right. um, when I received the, or I'd sent my, the manuscript to have the review done, um, even my publisher was like, okay, you know, it, it takes a long time. And, 
And she wasn't really <laughs> making me feel very confident about it. She just said, listen, it's very hard to get a good review. And, you know, maybe you want to go ahead and publish because it was going to hold up the process a bit. And, and she goes, and then if something good does come out of it, you could put it on your website or whatever. And to me, I, from day one, I had, you know, in the back of my head, I wanted that Kirkus review on my book. You see them when you're, you know, in a store and you're buying them and you see those reviews on books. And I just right. always had that vision in my head. And so I, you know, tossed the idea around for a little bit. And then I just went to her, I said, no, I'm going to wait. I'm, I'm going to wait. I want to see what they come back with. And, and fortunately I, I felt I received a really good review from them. And so that was a huge confidence boost for me with that. Um, even my publisher was impressed. So that helped again. Um, and so then I just kind of thought, okay, well, if, if somebody else likes it, maybe more people will like it. And so then I did, I, I shared it with some close friends and, and on one hand it was great because they're all supportive, but on the other hand, I'm like, are you biased? Because you're my friend. Like, I want you to be <laughs> honest, right? Like, don't tell me it's good if it's crap. Cause I want the truth. Like I can, I, I, I like constructive criticism. Cause I feel like you don't, you don't grow if you don't, you know, learn and are, are willing to take that right. kind of stuff on as well. And, and I feel like that's what helps you to become a better and better person is, is, you know, taking that in and stuff. And so, you know, they'd be like, no, it's great. It's great. And so then, you know, I give it to a few more people and a few more people. And then it was about, I published in January and it was finally in July. I finally went, okay. And a lot of it was, is I didn't want my now ex-husband to, not necessarily no, but I knew he was going to have words and right. He probably they, thought it was about him. It was one of the first <laughs> things he said. And I said, don't, don't, you're, don't be so full of yourself. Like, <laughs> and I said to him, I said, if you feel guilty, that's not my problem. But I said, it's not, it is not about you. It is, doesn't reflect on my life. Like there's, you know, it's just, I said, but it's what I know. I do know abuse. I know women around me that are abused. Like it's, it's unfortunately way too common. And, right. you know, I just, I said, so I, I wrote about what I knew. And like I said, in a way it was kind of like a therapy for me because I was able to get some of, you know, my personal growth um, through writing, but also, you know, I was ex able to express my feelings through somebody else. And so when I actually sat back and read the book after it was done, it was kind of, you know, I related to the character. So I guess in a way it was like, okay, like, I mean, obviously they're my thoughts and feelings. Um, but in a way it was to me, I guess it seemed realistic and I've had other, other women who've read it say that. And that was one of the things Kirkus um, did say in my review as well was that the characters were very authentic. And so I really appreciated that because that was kind of what I was hoping for with, with writing my characters. And so in the process of writing my book, um, another thing I've always, you know, dreamed of being able to do is is to do my part in this world and be able to help somehow. I mean, I just, I don't, I've never known how I've always had ideas or whatever, but I mean, there's the money factor when you don't have it. Yeah. There's, there's right. all kinds of things you can do, but I don't like asking for things. So as I was writing and, you know, building up myself and I'm like, man, you know, one day I, I love to dream and hope and those things. And, and one day I was just like, man, if I could, 
if I could become successful, if I could, you know, if I could do this and this becomes a thing for me, maybe I could, you know, do something. And so it's funny how it kind of come about, I find, because people, whenever they say the pink blanket, where did you get that title? It, it came to me in the middle of the night. It woke me up and I actually was like, you know, what is what? So, but I, I jotted it down, like a lot of ideas, you know, you wake up in the night, you write them down and in the morning you think about it and sometimes they're crazy and you throw it out and sometimes it's like, well, okay. And so I, I took it and it kind of stuck with me and I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And, and I mean, there is a pink blanket in the book, so it wasn't like a completely random idea, but as a title, I, I really didn't, had never um, really considered it. And so when that came to me and, and I thought about it and then it was just like, it wasn't long after I was in a little local store and there was like this most comfortable fuzzy pink blanket and I, I bought it and I, I'm not a pink person. <laughs> so I bought this blanket and I kind of kept it with me throughout the rest of the writing process. And, and it just kind of hit me one day. I was like, you know, maybe I could afford to, to supply women shelters around the world with a cozy pink blanket. It's not much. It's, you know, it, it, it doesn't do a lot, you know, a lot, but to me, I was like, you know, I, I guess writing it while I had it with me while I was writing, I just was like, you know, it, it's, it's something that when these people, when these women come into these shelters, some with kids, you know, lots of them are fleeing. And so they really don't have anything with them. Right. And it was just like something that they could walk in and receive maybe with like a little bundle of necessities or something that, you know, we could provide and, and that it would be theirs, that it would just be something just kind of like a little bit of symbol of hope or, you know, comfort, um, just to know that they're not alone and that there's people out there that, want to help and, and just make life a little less, you know, uncomfortable or intimidating in such dark circumstances. And, and so I just kind of always kept that in the back of my head. And so that was my, my plan, you know, to help. And it was like, okay, well, maybe one day and, and maybe one day, and then I could do this and, and just supply it. And then um, when my publicist reached out to me, she had, asked me, you know, what was your goal for your book? Did, did like, do you have any long-term ideas? And so I just kind of rattled off my idea. Not really, you know, I mean, I know how much this would cost to supply all these shelters with pink blankets. So it was just always a far off hope, I guess. And, right. and she's like, man, that is like an incredible idea. She's like, there's like, there's you, you don't have to wait. She's like, you, there's so many people out there who are willing and, and want to, to do these things and, would probably want to help you. And so then, I mean, it got my wheels turning again and I'm like, wow, like that's, that would be awesome. Cause I just, you know, I didn't really consider that. And, and so, yeah, I've just kind of been working on that and then COVID hit. So that, I mean, that's kind of caused <laughs> yeah. some delays and, and things like that. And, and as well um, too, just with my book, because it's, it's the first in a series. So then it's kind of slowed that whole process of getting, you know, my other books read. Cause I really wanted to go to Italy before I wrote the second one, because I really wanted to have that authentic feel because most of it takes place in Italy. And so there's just, there's been a lot of delays, but you know, when I was writing, I really believe and, you know, really grew strongly in believing in the universe and divine timing and the way things just kind of come together and, you know, everything just, you know, 
seems to yeah just come together and and so I just I, I don't know so now I'm out trying to figure out how I can I've had huge support I've had lots of you know channels and people and platforms reaching out going you know we'd love to help what can we help let us know if we can help and so that's really great to have all of those people sitting there and it's just I mean the legal process of it all is is you know, different so <laughs> yeah. so there's that so now I'm just in the process of of finding which avenue um to take in order to be able to do this successfully and properly um, just to be able to, you know, accept donations or support or however and stuff and, and doing it, doing it the right way. So that's a, that's a bit of a process, but, but my dream is to hopefully one day be able to, to, I guess, yeah, offer, offer my, my two bits to the world and, and to women and, and shelters and, and people in those situations that, you know, it maybe isn't a lot, but at least it's something. And if I can help one person, I, I would be so grateful. So, yeah. That's what I say all the time. I'm like, if what I say or what I do helps just one person, then I did my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I just, I, I, I think it's, it's a, I don't know. I mean, like I said, this, the world is kind of a crazy place and I've had, I've had a couple of women who have read it and I mean, they've been in that situation and, right. and I've had them reach out after and be like, wow, I'm going to leave one day. I'm going to leave. And it's like, great like you know and, and it, it's not that you just need support when you when you leave a lot of times you need support while you're still there because yeah. it's not always easy to leave and I mean some people are never capable of it they just live in that hell basically um because they don't feel safe or they're scared or they have nowhere to go or they don't know where to go or who to turn to and and then there's always that fear of being judged. Like, you know, I, I'm the same. I, I had somebody say to me, they called me a survivor. And I said, I, I, do, I don't ever think of myself as a, a survivor. I don't, I don't feel, I guess, necessarily that I was always, you know, my life wasn't always threatened specifically in that way. Um, but then when they said that to me, I, I sat back and I actually thought about it for a while. And I mean, when you start talking about it and hearing yourself say stuff, it's like, you know, man, maybe, maybe some of those circumstances, I, I, I was scared, you know, there, there was, yeah. and I, now when I look back, it's like, there was moments where I legitimately was scared for my life and, and not even that, but just the fact of, even if, you know, the verbal and the, and the mental, like that as well as it, it takes everything from you. And, mm -hmm. and in a sense, I guess it would be surviving because if you can overcome that and, and find yourself worth again and, and find some self-confidence and, and realize that you actually are valuable and you do deserve to live a good life for the life that you want. And, and you don't deserve to be treated like that is in a sense is surviving. And so I said, I, I take that term and, and I, I, you, I, I broadened the meaning of it for myself and situations as opposed to just being a survivor of, you know, in the sense of escaping with your life, but yeah. it's, you know, so that's, yeah. I understand. Wow. I love listening. I, I, that was, that's amazing. Uh -huh. uh, 
Um, because I also uh, am a survivor. I was I was in a toxic relationship for about three years. And uh, I, like you, well, mine was like um, for several years was mental and verbal and it didn't become physical till, till the like very, very end. Um, and we share a daughter together. He was a, a drug addict and alcoholic and he's now sober, much different person now, but, yeah. um, it's difficult to overcome. Like you said, that, that verbal and mental, it just kind of sticks with you. Right. Yeah. Like it just, it, it does, it eats away at you. Like yeah. I came out of that relationship feeling like I'm worthless. Nobody's ever going to love me. I'm a horrible human being, like all of these things. And then I met my yeah. husband and he was, he just helped like put me back together. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And it's great when we can find that support and that's, you know, friends, everything. And, and a lot of them, I didn't even, you know, really tell the extent of my story because right. again, it's a small town and everybody knows everybody. And I, and sadly I guess you protect them in a way or whatever sometimes and I understand and, I'm from a small town yeah <laughs> and so it's tough and, and I remember saying I remember saying to him sometimes you know I wish you'd literally just hit me so that the bruise can go away because like sometimes the things that they would say it's just so crushing like it yeah mm -hmm. and like you said and the fact that it sits there and it gets locked away and it comes up every once in a while it's just like you know where that bruise like it, it's gone when you can't see it or feel it anymore you don't think about it but those words for some reason just tend to stick in your head and that's that's one thing and that was I, you know while I was writing when it wasn't even words but just the simple fact that he you know laughed in my face rather than being supportive or encouraging or hey you know mm -hmm. even just talking about you sure like you know like I get it's a crazy idea and not everybody can do it but like just to be laughed at like you know it's just those little things like that and and so I just you know had to for myself take and, and just start turning them around and and it's great when we can find you know support and that's why I'm saying is is people that are even still stuck in that situation need just as much support in there if not more sometimes because they're still living in it every day and it's not that they want to be there like I don't I've never heard anybody say they want to be there but then on the other hand they still also love that person it's mm -hmm. it's hard to walk away because you're not walking away you hate what they're doing to you but ultimately you you love that person for the most part, you know, and, and whoever wants to leave somebody you love, like, and I think there's just so many struggles that, that we battle in those situations and, and people who aren't in them don't understand. And especially when it's, you know, a prominent person in the community that people are like, as if no way. Yeah. Yes. No. way. I understand. Yes way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was arrested yeah. that day and oh. literally was brought up on no charge. <laughs> oh, like how does that happen? Oh yeah, it's small town. That's what happened. Yep, and that's yeah, so not cool. right. And that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times it's you know when if you haven't been in it, you don't understand it. But right. like part of part of you, you like you said, you love them and you want to believe they're going to be better because at some point in time they were. Yes. Like at some point, even if it was the very, very beginning of the relationship, you never go on the first date and they start this stuff, no. right? Like there was at one point in time, 
you fell in love with them for a reason and you want to hold on to that. And you're like, maybe they'll get better. But then you also feel helpless. Like you don't know how to leave. Like, how do you leave? Because a lot of times you're put in a situation where it's, it's not easy. No. And, and that's different for everybody. For me, yep. it was, I have a job. I was a stay at home mom. We had one vehicle. So he convinced me that I, you know, I should stay home with the kids and, and he would work because we both couldn't work with the one vehicle. And I believe that like now looking back, I'm like, that's a ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> but they get in your head. They, they do get in your head. Yeah. yeah. And so imagine those women going to the shelter because maybe they don't have friends and family to go with. I'm, I was fortunate. I live near friends and family. So I called my sister and I said, I have to leave. I have to leave today. My friends and family weren't like aware of how bad it was, but my sister came and she took me and my kids and just took us away. Like she's like, we're out. Yeah. (laughs) And I was fortunate, but not all women have that support and have that ability. So imagine going to like the people listening, imagine going to like a shelter and you've lost everything. You don't have anything. Maybe you have a a bag, maybe, you know, maybe your kids don't have anything. You just had to leave Yeah, that little, that pink blanket seems insignificant, but it could bring so much comfort. I know when my sister came and picked me up and she just hugged me and I just cried because I was like, Oh my God, somebody cares about me. Yeah. And that, that blanket signifies somebody cares enough to give that to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's what I hope is just that, you know, when you walk in, like it's just something to make you just feel a little bit better in that moment. And and it's, it's yours, you know, you, you've left everything. And so you walk into these shelters and I mean, they're amazing and and they do what they Mm -hmm. can, but you know, for the most part, you're reusing things and you don't get your things. And, and so I just really, really felt that, you know, it, it, it would be something that it's theirs. It's, it's Mm -hmm. not something that's going to be taken away. It's not something that you can use while you're here. It's something that, you know what, even five years down the road, if you have it hanging over the back of your chair, it was a reminder that I did this. I found that I was able to do it. And you know what, like, yeah, I just, whatever it can bring. I just, my intentions is that hopefully it can just bring good things for whatever reason. And, and like you said, it's, it, it, it seems insignificant. And, and even in my head, sometimes I'm like, it's, you know, just such a small thing, but my intentions behind it are to hopefully help somebody, however that may be. So, and the fact that people want to get behind that is, I love that too, that there's people out there that, you know, also want to do that because there's so many people that, that need that. I mean, there's all kinds of things in the world and, but this is, this is the one thing that I found for me was, is where I need to go. And, and, you know, if it could blossom into whatever channels or, or whatever, I would be, I would be so grateful to just, just to be able to offer something that way. And so I'm really excited. And I was, I was really, you know, I guess, excited. And, and it was, again, it was, it was a driving force that not only was, you know, did I start writing this novel, but also an idea that had come to me that, you know, helped to help me to find that purpose. And also in in a way to be able to provide help to somebody else. And so, 
that's just what I keep working towards. So, so what somebody might be listening, they might be in a, um, a toxic relationship, an unhealthy relationship as well. Who knows what various things might be going on with them. What, what gave you the courage to leave? What, what was that turning point? Everybody has a turning point where they're just like, this is it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm done. <laughs> I can't take any more. <laughs> I can't take any more. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I, I did, there was probably a couple of years before I, I left. Um, I had, you know, I had spoke with a counselor because I, I just was getting really like, I was usually a very like energetic and like, you know, capable of always, I don't know how to say it, not strong, but determined. Like I've always, you know, and I think that might've been part of the problem too, is because a lot of times I would stand up to him because I Mm -hmm. didn't like that, but also I, I did feel myself getting weaker and weaker and then finally just becoming mute because it would just get worse and worse. And so I think the point where I finally turned, well, I know, I know, I can, I, I still remember being on the phone and it was a whole situation. And he's like, he told me he hated my guts and he told me everybody hates me and I'm an awful person. And, and basically because I wouldn't allow his children to disrespect me any further, like any longer. Cause I was tired of that aspect as well. Cause he had other children and, and um, he was just so mean. And I just remember thinking, what am I doing? Like I'm, I'm miserable. I'm unhappy. I deserve to live. I'm literally wasting this one life, this one opportunity that I have here on earth. And I am literally wasting and, and ignoring and tossing away every, everything I want and, and deserve in this life so that he can have everything he wants and he can, he can have all of those things. And, and I, you know, I just, it was just a matter of, of, I don't know, I, I guess maybe in a way I was fortunate to just realize that I deserve, I deserved better. And so I, I, I didn't leave the next day when this, like, it took me a while because I, I basically worked to unlove him in the process of leaving mm. because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to leave and go running back. Um, you know, and because lots of times that happens and I mean, you know, not to say that I didn't consider it when, you know, he was going to change and make all the changes and do all the things, right. They're always going to (laughs) change. And and so, but at, at the point I wanted to be strong enough. And so, I was busy. I I just, that day when it was, yeah, just, just the, the fact that somebody that I could love so much could say such something so hurtful. And it was just like, and and I mean, I, I, I think a part of it too is that I also had to accept that I was with somebody that wasn't a good choice. A lot of it for me, I think maybe too was, I don't don't know if it's ego, but the fact that I didn't want to admit to myself that I could be with, like, that I would make that choice, that I would choose somebody who could be so mean to me. Right. So I wanted, I wanted to prove to myself that he, he, no, he loves me. Right. And, and so when I got past that and went, you know what, 
you screwed up. You, it is what it is. Like you, you can't change that. Right. And a lot of it is just really not beating yourself up anymore because they're already doing enough of that. Now right. you have to just, just really be your own, you know, whatever it takes. And I mean, you're going to stumble and you're going to fall and you're going to, you know, it's not an easy road. But if every day you can pick yourself up, even for just a couple more minutes than you did the day before, you're getting stronger. And you just, it was just a matter of really realizing that I, I was worth something as a human being too. And, you know, so, and when I realized that, then I just built off of that until the finally, I can't even remember, you know, at what point it was, it was, well, I, I can kind of remember. And I just went that's it. I, you know, I knew that I was strong enough. I, I, I mean, not knew. I felt I was strong enough and I just had it. He was, my kids were seeing it. My kids were getting old enough. As I had said, you know, they, my youngest was going to be graduating. My daughter had already graduated and they were like, mom, what are you doing? Like, why are right. you choosing this? Right. And a lot of that too was, wow. Like how, I mean, in the back of your head, you know, it's affecting them, but you're so busy trying to make it better. And you're trying to, to figure it out. And, and you don't, it's not that you aren't wanting to put them first. You're trying, you're fighting for the life that you want to give them, even though it's, you know, not the life they should, that as kids, they deserve to see either. And, and now in hindsight, I look back and it's like, why didn't you go years ago? Right. But again, you can't beat yourself up over that because, I mean, obviously there was a reason why we stay. So I just, yeah, I, I, I just know that it was, there was just one day I just something in me, it was just like the light switch went on and, and, and I mean, I was nearing 40. So I, you know, I think that was part of it too, is, you know, as we get older, our days become more valuable because I'm, you know, they're limited and, I just, I, I was, I'm fortunate enough that, you know, I'm, I'm healthy and I've, I've got these things and why, why do I want to waste another day feeling like crap? And so it was just, yeah, I just, every day tried to build a little bit more and, and, you know, avoid it a little bit more. And, and that's, that's kind of where I found, found my, my get out card. Right. Um, and so as we wrap up the podcast, one thing that I want to leave the audience with is uh, the realization I came to is if these people are going to get better, which they probably won't, but say they do mine, my yeah. ex did, they're not going to do yeah. it with you. Like you're no. just enabling their, their behavior, not because you're trying to, but because you're an out for them. You're, yeah. you're a place for them to express that. Well, when they have no place to express that, that's when they really have to look inside themselves. Or maybe they'll deny that they did anything wrong. Or maybe they'll say, oh, I need to get sober. But it's not yeah. going to happen with us, right? And we're not going to be the ones because no. we've been a part of that behavior for so long. They associate with us with that behavior, them being able to behave in that manner. So yeah. as we wrap up the podcast, what is something that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Uh, I just, I, I always say, I mean, it's, you know, your, your life is valuable and you, you deserve, you deserve whatever it is you want. And, you know, if, if you can find that courage and I mean, you know, don't, don't, 
don't expect it to be easy. Um, the least expectations you put on yourself, I believe also helps because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just a matter of, you know, survival or, or, you know, being able to, to just go after the life you want. So I just say, if, if you can find the courage and I hope you can find the courage to go after the life you deserve and, you know, there, there's help, there's people out there, there are outlets, don't be afraid to go in search of them because they are out there and there are people that want to help. And if anybody wants to support you, we're going to link up all your social medias in um, that you provided in the show notes um, because people might be listening and maybe they're like, I want to support this. This is a small, this is not, it's not small. That's not what I'm saying. But yeah. It's a small way that people can support because not everybody has the money to donate thousands of dollars to, you know, a, a cause that helps. Exactly. And it might be like, oh, but I could cover the cost of a blanket. And if everybody covers the cost of a blanket, then you can actually fulfill your goal. Um, So hopefully people will take that and they will connect with you if they're interested. But Jamie, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing your story. I hope it inspires others and I hope they'll grab a copy of your book. Yeah, that would be excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. It was awesome to talk to you today. So I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.